It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Big picture, and even though Patrick Finley might be writing about it, he's writing about <laughs> it because everybody understands what's going on in the division. It's unmistakable. The Packers moving on without Aaron Rodgers. The Vikings win 13 games and apparently are hitting reset up in Minneapolis. It, the Lions are the trendy pick, but they yeah. remain the Detroit Lions. So as the Bears gather for the first mandatory minicamp, I, I do wonder – Despite losing 14 games, despite coming off a historically bad season, what's the level of confidence or optimism at Hallis Hall as they kind of begin preparation for a season that really it's, it's difficult to say what direction is headed, but I think people feel is that there seems to be an odd buzz about the Bears. <laughs> well, it's a curiosity, and it's an understandable June buzz because we know it can't get any worse than it was last year. We know they've made additions that should make a difference. I think this question is is better entertained two months from now on August 13th when we've had a few yeah. weeks of training camp and we start to, to kind of feel this thing come together a little bit more. Um, you know, I'm not ready to, to reset my expectations. It still looks like a, a, a six-win, seven-win roster to me. You're going to have to have some notable breakthroughs at a higher level to for me to come off that and to change that. Um, but the division being as open as it is, I think uh, allows you the license to dream a little bit and, and the opportunity to, to, to let your mind wander and think, what if, um, you know, look, like I, I think you're probably in agreement that, that the division is open, but if you were handicapping it right now, the bears would still probably be your third or fourth team on that list. Well, no doubt about it. And, and I think it has less to do. I feel like we're having a conversation or I feel like I asked the question and again, we're, the context we're in June. Yeah. This is baseball season. And and I spend every morning talking about the Cubs and the White Sox who are stuck in divisions that yeah. stink. And the whole premise for them having hope that they're going to make things interesting this year is that they're in bad divisions and everything has come back to them. I think by the same token, I'm I'm struck by what the Vikings are doing. Dalvin Cook gone. Right. Adam Thielen gone. Eric Kendricks gone. Daniel Hunter holding out. Who's left? And I think when you talk about what the Vikings could be next year, and as I said, what the Packers, the, the curiosity about them, I understand that people getting worse can be the basis for you feeling like you're getting better. Because no we doubt. see it in Chicago baseball, that's the dynamic all season long, and I feel like it's happening at Hallis Hall too. Well, it, that's a good reference point because it can trick you also, and it can trick you into thinking you're further along in your progress report than you actually are, and you can't fall for that. I think ultimately really good teams understand that they don't have to worry about the division. The Bears aren't there yet. Um, you know, the Vikings clearly are doing what the Bears didn't do um, in 2020 and really did to a large extent in 2021, which is hitting the reset button when they felt it was time to hit the reset button. The Bears tried to hang on a little bit longer than they should have and then had to do the full detonation and reset everything. <laughs> You know, and so there is a, a calculated chess game that needs to be played with rosters and the way you go about things. Um, but look, like if you can find hope that creates energy, I'm all for it. 
you know, if you if you look at the division as being wide open and that can be a little carrot that you can chase, then go for it because it, it, it can push you in a direction where you can catch a little bit of a, of a hot streak. And that hot streak can then increase the belief and the belief can then increase the the the. the ability to win games late as we've talked about for a long time. And so um, all this stuff is going to be fluid. It's all going to be evolving. You know, we'll know in mid October, how real the, the lions are. We'll know in mid October, what Jordan love looks like in green Bay. We'll know if the Vikings are uh, spiraling downward and, and we'll know if the bears are, are ahead of schedule or not. But uh, for right now, you, you obviously take every bit of energy and hope you can find and, and you cling to it and you use it as fuel wherever you can use it. Okay. Last couple things before we get out of here. So what other, Aspects of Matt Eberflus's talk at the podium stood out to you. Anything that we didn't cover that uh, he might have addressed? Yeah, you know, I, I think Matt understands where they are in the offseason program right now. I think there's a lot of people in this building that that know that they're checking all the right boxes through the offseason program and that the real heavy lifting and the real hard work and the real meaningful progress will start when training camp opens that last week of July. Um you're going to have 40 days between the end of mini camp this week and the report date of training camp. That's going to be a period for everybody to get away and refresh. And particularly these guys that we're talking about, Chase Claypool, Darnell Mooney, Jack Sanborn, those guys got to get themselves healthy and ready to go. Um, and when they check into training camp, I, there is, there is definitely a buzz in this building that, that it's not going to be a, okay, let's ease into things. It's going to be, let's go because we know how much ground we have to make up and we've got to go right now. Last thing I have, because this is an off-season that is sort of parallel tracks, the on-the-field on the field stuff and the off-the-field stuff, uh, the Waukegan mayor, Ann Taylor, <laughs> uh, decided to enter the fray. And I think that when she talked, she wrote a letter to Kevin Warren uh, about the parcels of land, the lakefront property. Waukegan now wants a seat at the table, would like to have a meeting with the Bears moving forward, joining uh, Naperville and obviously Arlington Heights. I think it, it's only a matter of time. Rockford has entered the fray. How serious should we take the letter from the Waukegan mayor about the Bears' possibility of exploring that a stadium there? You ever been to a, a benefit or a fundraiser and, and you walk around the, the silent auction items and, and you, you scribble your name down on one of the top two lines on an item that you know you have All no time. chance of getting? Yeah. That's, what that, that's what this is to me, right? Okay. It's like, I'm going to bid $75 for an item I know is going to go for $1,400 by the end of the night. You know, like, I'm going to scribble my name on just so I can see that my name's on that list. I, I, I don't read much more into it than that. Obviously, there's a long way to go here. There's a lot of uh, a lot of games being played and a lot of things that, that need to be sorted through. But but again, you know, as we talked about on previous episodes, the Bears own a property in Arlington Heights that they paid $197 million for. They have the um, right and the willingness to go out and explore to make sure they're doing the right things. But right now, I don't really put anybody else in a, in a um, challenger role you know, even with the second meeting in Naperville until there, there is actual property that's being discussed until there's, there's, there's a, a bullet pointed list of steps that can get done to make that a reality. Otherwise uh, there's just going to be a lot of these things that we monitor without taking super seriously. I agree with that. Arlington Heights is still to me, the place where they will eventually end up. This is how the sausage is made the process that they have to go through. But if we're doing take the North power rankings, <laughs> as far as possibilities, Arlington Heights is number one. I might concede and be willing to go Waukegan number two oh. only because of the lakefront proximity, only because the proximity to Lake Forest where the Bears headquarters is, and also logistically a little bit easier to get to and navigate than Naperville. I think that to me, if this is serious and they do sit down with Waukegan Mayor Ann Taylor, I do think that on the Take the North power rankings in terms of possible 
future home sites of the Bears, while Keegan would nudge ahead of Naperville. We'll see where Rockford falls, probably outside the top five. Yeah, and you got to think about this. You're trying to serve, you know, Bears fans of all kinds, you know, but you're also going to have to drum up a lot of public support to get anything off the ground. And I don't know that anybody is um, lining up to, to, to have the Bears playing in Waukegan at this point. You know, and so we'll see. We'll see how it shapes up again. Like everybody gonna, better be there's, there's buckled gonna be in. a casino there. There's gonna be a sports <laughs> book there. And, and you wonder you wonder about the marriage between the two. I'm just saying if they're they're a dark horse candidate right now, moving up the power rankings quickly for whatever that's worth. We, we need studs to put together a uh, either a weekly or monthly graphic of your of your stadium power rankings, and and we'll continue to update that because we got a long way to go to the finish line. And once we get there, your power rankings will be our our compass on how to get to the end of this thing. And we've got a long way to go to get to the end of minicamp, and that will be at the end of this week when we will have another podcast about the progress or whatever's going on, whatever we see in the next couple practices. Anything else, Dan, before we get out of here? Yeah, we should hear from Justin Fields before the week is up. Obviously, he will head into his summer vacation here at the end of the week. It'll be interesting to get one more uh, little session with him to figure out what what he's thinking about and how he feels about the way things are coming together. Uh, Justin Jones was the latest person to highlight the uh, Justin Fields to – DJ Moore connection and, and really laud it in a way that that is turning heads here in Lake Forest. And so there, there's no limit to the number of endorsements that have been put out for the fields to more connection. We'll continue to watch that evolve. And, and another two days of practice. Hopefully we get a little nicer weather, get back outside on Wednesday and Thursday, and then we'll wrap up this offseason by the end of the week.